Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is the son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Kadesh in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dagwood Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Cameroon in the United Organization. And he heads our cathedral. He built a beautiful, both spiritual and physical building in Yaoundé. And he oversees the uh, mission in Cameroon. Someone has to welcome him with a hand clap to bring us a greeting. Amen. Bishop Enoch, you are welcome to Macarius Church. Hello. It's really an honor to be here. I have been longing to see my father, so I came. Um, time will fail me to explain who he's been to us, talking about myself and my family. And uh, it's really nice to be here and to be part of this service and to see him again. We always miss him. Yeah. And uh, I was telling you, dear, that as we went to Cameroon, our value for him has gone higher because the, the pressure he had, the issues he was sorted out for us, we didn't understand. So it's a great privilege to be here. I know that you have the best pastor. Yes. And uh, we, we have learned from him his deep love for God, his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, his love for ministry, mission work, his love for pastors, their wives, his love for us, his patience with us, his training of us, his giving to us, thinking about our future and many other things. So I really love him very much and I'm so happy to be here to see him again. When, when sometimes it looked like there was no hope and we had come to the end of the road and we knew it was over, he, he always made a way for us. Yes. And uh, we thank God for, for bringing him into our lives. There's so much more I can say. All I can say that I'm here and I'm happy to see my father again and uh, I'm here to be blessed. And uh, sometimes I wish I could come back yeah, and be in his church, and uh, it's a blessing. So, Bishop Toss, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for what you've done for me and my ministry, the family, and all you still do for me, thinking about me, and it's a blessing to be here. Thank you so much. God bless you. Beautiful. Put your hands together for Bishop Enoch. Amen. Let's take our seats. It's nice. It's, it's a sweet feeling to... Um, see um, people who you relate with for a long time who you still relate with and as they are blessed, they are promoted they are honored they don't change and so 
we are blessed to have you. I also love you very much. I know you know that. So that's how it is. Pray that in 40 years' time, in 50 years' time, we will still be relating like this. Amen. No need to quarrel, no need to quarrel at all. It's only to walk in love. Amen. I think I enjoyed the music this morning. Amen. I think I enjoyed the music this morning. The worship was splendid. I mean, I really enjoyed the worship and I was upstairs in my office that I could hear some vibrations. It's like smoke was going up and I was in the meeting. I suddenly got up and said, I'm going into the church to join the worship. I'm off. And then I left the person I was there. If I left him in my office, I said, like, if you do a computer, you can continue with your computer. I mean, I'm going to worship God. And I left and then when the choir was singing, oh, at the point I closed my ears, I thought I was listening to a CD. Mm, so we thank God for improvement and advancement. Amen. I'm sure you can see that none of it can be possible without losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. Yes. Even all the lose some choir members, you will never have a dying choir. Yes, I'm preaching. But I'm aware I'm preaching. I can't be trying to preach. I'm aware I'm preaching. I'm telling you, see, this message I'm preaching here, unfortunately, when we hear the title, we suddenly think of Christ, Jesus, that think of your personal life and every area of your life. Look, a cat across, even in marriage, I've seen that there. Husbands, who like a lot of sex, eh? They never end up having a lot of it. Mm? With time, you see that the wives begin to use it as a weapon. When they see that you can't do without it, you are doomed. They use it as a weapon, a, a bargaining chip. You think you are like a peace conference. You give me this, I'll give you this. You give me this, you do it in exchange. I offer you do, I do this. Huh? One husband like that, he wanted to do something in the night and the wife set a trap for him. So, as soon as he started, 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 at a point where he couldn't control himself again, as a while, the wife had put a blank check under the pillow. So, as they were doing, they were there, suddenly, when the wife saw that, then she brought out the blood and sign. <laughs> it's a true story. Sign. Emotional blackmail. Sign. And because of how he was, he also signed. But I can promise you that it's not every man you go and try such a trick on. Mm. You know, if you are ready, but when they see that art for you, Christ is not so important, you can live without it. They will now offer it to you on a silver platter. I know what I'm saying. We've been doing this work for a while. Yeah. Anything you like. If you're not ready to lose money, you will never be rich. Because you will never invest. You will protect your money safely in your account. And it will never grow. But if you are ready to lose money, you will see yourself having a bigger bank balance. Because you took a decision to lose some money. So you could gain it. Jesus said, cast your bread upon the waters. Lose it today. You shall find it after many days. Yeah. And when you find it after many days, it will be bigger than when you cast it upon the waters. 
if you're not ready to lose a few grain of corn, you want to eat all, you will never reap a harvest of thousands more of corn in the future. The whole wealth is governed by losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying, whether you like it or not. And so you better learn all that you can about it and now turn it to your advantage. It's true. If you cannot lose, you, you will not gain. Why is America the greatest power in the world? And why has China overtaken America as the most powerful country in the world? It is the same principle. Losing. America got to a point where they didn't want to lose money again. And when Donald Trump came, that was the end. He said, look, I was voted to be the president of America, not the president of the world. So at first, they used to support a lot of aid, donation, giving, development projects. That is what made them great. And that is what, what gave them power over other countries. And as America increasingly reduced their aid, they increasingly reduced their losing. They suddenly, gradually began to lose power in the world. Why, why did they lose Afghanistan? Very simple. They said they didn't want to lose any more American blood. So they lost a whole country. And somebody said, it doesn't make sense for America to even do this because three of your greatest enemies are border Afghanistan. China on one side, Russia on this side, Pakistan on this one. Why do you lose such a place? But because you are not ready to lose and President Biden himself said that, I will not lose even one more of our sons. So you lose the whole country because you don't want to lose. And now your ability to even have a strategic position in the midst of your enemies is gone. Yes. If you cannot lose, you will never gain. And that's why Christ taught us that day. he who will lose his life, you shall save it. When America was a losing country, it became greater. How did China become a great power? Very, very simple. How much money do you want? Here. <laughs> Can you build a railway line? I want a railway line, but I don't have money to build it. Oh, I'll do it for you. And gradually, America, China became greater, more powerful, greater, more powerful, till now they challenge America openly. How did they become a great country? Very simple. They are ready to lose money. The world cannot do without China now. China rules the world. By agreeing and accepting to lose money, China has become the most powerful country on earth. It's true. Only that their things don't last. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give an example. You see these televisions here. We bought them from China. When I was buying them, eh, I paid for 75-inch television so that it would be big, so that everybody can see that when you come to the church, wow! I was at home when they sent me a picture that the TVs have arrived. They sent me their picture. The guy was standing, the box was at his knee level. Who oh, said no? The TV plus the box plus the packaging plus the wooden crates is at his knee level. I said no. 
this is not 75, it will never be 75 until Christ comes. <laughs> I said, <coughs> I said, well, maybe the Chinese people don't use packaging at all. So maybe it's just TV and box. They have some new technology. So I came to church. You see, I was hoping against hope. This is what the Bible says. And, and you hoped against hope. When I came to church and I saw the box, I said, no. I called China. I said, you have to say, no, it's 75 inch we sent. So I took a tape measure and I measured it. <laughs> yeah. 60 inch. So I go angry. I called China. Why have you go back to the shop? When they went to the shop, do you know what they told them? They asked them, ah, but you yourself who came for the TV, when you saw the TV, didn't you know it's not 75 inch? <laughs> A missionary there told me that they blasted him fully. That he himself, the price he paid for the TV, I think four hundred dollars. Does it make sense to him that you pay four hundred dollars for a seventy-five inch TV? And that when he came for the TV himself, the size he saw, didn't he know it is not seventy-five inch? He should get out from the shop. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I bought another TV one day from China. See, the price is so cheap that you can't refuse it. When I bought it, it was another uh, 70 inch. That one was 70 inch. When they came and I measured it, 60. That one too, I called. They said, oh, in China, every TV you buy is less by 10 inches. <laughs> so, if you want 50 inch, like the size you want in your room, it's 50 inch, then buy 60 inch. Then it will arrive as 50. If it's 75 you want, buy 85. <laughs> That's why I tell you that uh, China can never overtake America because of these type of things. In America, if you buy 75 inch, you can't sleep. It will arrive at 75, but not China. One day, somebody went to China and went to buy A4 paper, like a plain A4 paper for printing. He was not experienced. He was new in the game. He thought he was in America. So, he just paid. And then they gave him the receipt and he left. He opened the container at Tamahaba to see old newspapers. <laughs> That's where you call. They'll pick up. Who is this? Hey, you! I put it! Then you hear the MTN number you are calling is either switched off or <laughs> losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. You can never be a good Christian without accomplishing and adding these things to your life. If you want to live like an unbeliever, you don't want to lose anything. It is okay. It is, I mean, it is a kind of life. You don't want to suffer at all. It is okay. It is a kind of life. You don't want to suffer. It's okay. There are people who are not suffering. As for death, dear, why, why should I die? It's also possible to choose not to die. The only problem is you will not be a Christian. You will be a human being, you'll be something, you'll be a banker, you'll be an accountant, you'll be a mason, you'll be a carpenter, you can even be a president, a chief, a chief executive officer, a chartered accountant, a chief director, you can be anything, but not a Christian. 
Not a Christian, it won't work. Jesus Christ said, if any man, if, you see, it is conditional. Look, no, nobody forces anyone to be a Christian. That's what you should understand. But if you be a Christian, this is how it works. And the Bible has not changed. I wish the Bible would change. Because some of the things in the Bible, we don't like them. <laughs> but Jesus is not changing anything for anybody anytime soon. Amen. So we began by looking at a different thing. Maybe let's read our foundational scripture. Luke 14, 26. Jesus said, you know, when Jesus is speaking, you should take it with absoluteness. Absoluteness. Don't try and uh, explain away. Don't try to interpret what Jesus is saying. The way Jesus speaks, they need no interpretation. As he wants to say it, that's how he has said it. When I was doing my masters, I was discussing with our past, with one of our lecturers because he was saying that when the rich young ruler came to see Jesus and Jesus told him that go and sell all that you have and come and follow me, Jesus didn't really mean that he should go and sell everything and follow. But Jesus just did it as a test. So I said, ah, where? But were you there? Were you there? Did, I mean, when Jesus spoke, after the man left, did you ask him that, that, that like, were, like, were you serious or, or it was a test? Have you had a conversation with Christ for him to tell you it was a joke? So why are you sitting in, in Trinity Seminary? And, you, and I mean, you are saying that Jesus didn't mean it. Then I told him, if we discount this one, there's somebody to work. I come and say that when Jesus said, except the man be born again, they don't see the kingdom of God. He didn't really mean born again. But what he meant was change. Jesus didn't say change. Jesus knows the word change though. Instead of using change, he said born again. He could have said transform. He could have said, um, uh, uh, could have said Chucky. He didn't say Chucky. He said born again. And born again means something, a new creature. <laughs> Jesus meant be a new creature. Let all things pass away. Put on the new man. <laughs> if, the, if we interpret one, we can interpret all. And that's why today in the feminist Bible, they say Mary was a young woman. And the angel came to a young woman called Mary. But both you and I know that young woman and virgin, there are two different lines that don't necessarily intersect. They may or they may not. If you say God came to a virgin, then it means that it's a fulfillment of a prophecy in Isaiah. But if you say God came to a young woman, it can even be one of the Nephilims who came to the women in the Old Testament. And actually, therefore, Jesus is a, a demon. That's what it means. If the angel, if the Holy Spirit came to a young woman, then a demon was produced. If the Holy Spirit came to a virgin, then God was produced. So it's very So don't interpret because you, I mean, you are a young woman who is, who is not a virgin and so that you don't qualify. You want to change what so that you qualify by all means. I'll show you. Look, don't, don't quarrel with God. If you are a young woman who is not a virgin, it's very simple. 
nor how be any hall. It's very simple. <laughs> all, all that you have to do is you go to God and say, Look, the Bible says that eh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, look, all things have become new. So, in the name of Jesus, from today, 10th October, I am saying I'm a new creature, I'm a virgin. Nobody can come and tell me it's not true. I said I'm a virgin from today. It's so quarreling, it's so young woman, virgin. For you, for you yourself, as you think about it, is being a young woman automatically virginal? Then <laughs> some people will be saying that. Be, that because I was born in the state of Virginia, so I'm a virgin. The fact that you are born in America in the state of Virginia, you doesn't mean you're a virgin. All kinds of interpretations can be put to the Bible. Let's stay with what the Bible says you'll be free. Yes. Just go to God and say, look, it's over. From today, I'm a new creature. You can even change your name to Virginia also, and then we'll, we'll just accept you like that. So we began to look at it. We've gone through losing the appointment. We're losing a lot of things. Suffering. We've gone through a lot of things. And then last week we looked at sacrifice. Did we? Today let's jump straight forward to dying. That's my favorite one. Christians are too alive. And that's why we can't serve God. One of the signs that shows that you are alive is how quickly you react to everything. Always angry. Somebody does something small, no, you are freaked out. They slap you, no, you are cursing. You are driving somebody crosses. Look, you are even wearing a, a clerical, and then the cross is on your driving mirror. Somebody crosses you, no, then your hand is out like this. How can you do that? Your air condition is even on. You have rolled down your glass, but the cross is on your driving mirror like that. You are not dead. When somebody is dead, you push him, he doesn't push. You slap a dead person, he doesn't react. Your reactionary nature is a sign of your aliveness, which is opposite to your deadness. I'll show you how to die. Analyze life. And you see that nothing is important. Look, one day I thought about this, people who cross you in traffic, that thing. And I saw that. When the guy crosses you and comes in front of you, it doesn't change anything about you I mean, from your car to his car, it's just 10 feet. It won't change the time you arrive at your destination. When you are on the highway and somebody overtakes you, it does not at all affect how soon or how later you will arrive. I'll show you if you've ever driven from Accra to Cape Coast. You see a car, you come and pass your ship. Don't worry, you go and meet him at the toll gate at that Cape Coast place. The worst one is the Wesley Girls Junction. There's a traffic light there. One day I overtook an old man. Shit! And I tell you, he was wearing some 
white and brown check shirt overtook it like these old men on the road. I was parked. Is it paid uh, paid to junction? Cape Cod, the first traffic light that right takes you to West Wesley Girls. I was parked there when I saw a car. Hmm. Came to park by me. Then the man turned and looked at me. Then he did. I felt rebuked. I felt stupid. I felt like some child who doesn't know how to control his driving. From, the, from that day, I said, eh, this overtaking thing is not necessary. Because you see, look, if somebody overtakes you, you count the time you take from where your car is to where he is. It's nothing less than one second each time. Because you are driving. And that's when I saw that every time you get angry that somebody has overtaken you, it's not because of, of what you do, but the feeling that you've been cheated or somebody has taking something from you. That is what you react to. But it doesn't affect you in any way. So from that, there's somebody who can overtake me. I say, you, eh, you don't know that you are only burning your fuel more. If you knew that you are spending money by overtaking me, you won't do what you are doing. So the meet I also started. Anybody who, who overtakes me on the Cape Coast Road, I follow you. Ah. <laughs> I make sure I come and park by you. And I also turn and look at you. Because when the old man did that thing to me, it paid me. So from that day, I also decided that I'll be doing it to people. Yes. You won't, you won't go far. And that feeling is just a reactionary thing that shows that your flesh is alive. You see a nice girl. You cannot keep your hand to your side. You are too alive. You see a bottle of alcohol. You cannot prevent yourself from opening the top. You are too alive. You see we. You cannot turn your head and continue. You are too alive. You see a poor. You cannot prevent yourself from not looking at it. You are too alive. You see money. You cannot prevent your hand from stretching forth to take some. You are too alive. Somebody insults you. You cannot prevent your ears from rejecting the insult. You are too alive. You are too alive. It's costing you too much. You know? If you are clapping, clap well. <laughs> you are too alive. You see, when Pastor Samuel finished school and started his architectural business, hey, he was very quick tempered, though. Too, too, too alive, too alive, too alive. So I kept on talking to him. Be gentle, be da, 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 da. Until one day, I don't even know when he changed. But one day he came to tell me that he was doing a job for a client. And I used to tell him that the client is always right. Oh. The client is always right and must be always right. Never argue with a client. Then I'll tell him, look, when the client says break the wall, break it. If the next day he says build the build, I mean, is it your money? Is it your money? I don't understand. Is it your money? Then he said one day, he went to do a contract for some rich man. The man said break, break the wall. So he, so he broke it. Then the next day, the man said, you know, we should not have broken the wall. Build it again. Then he said, he was about to react when he remembered 
that thing that if I say break it, break it. If it say build it again, build it. Is it your mind? So he just kept quiet. He told me that uh, his normal self, he would have just got up, sparked his car, and go. Not that he would even tell you, I won't do it all. <laughs> he would just sit in his car and go. But he remembered. He controlled himself. He built the wall again for them. Small wall. He built it for the person again. When he finished that contract, that contract was probably what led him into prosperity. But when they finished, not knowing the person's parents were going to build a hospital or something, then they told their parents, oh, we have a good architect. He built a house nicely. He's a good guy, good attitude. You can use him. Yes. You see, you may think you are doing it in church for God, though, but really, the Bible says that if a man does well, he does well for his own self. The things you learn in church, if you can learn them, if you can learn them, they will be for your great benefit. Many years ago, I was talking to Lady Fasayudia, and she was saying, you know how we do in church that when there's a problem, talk about it. If equipment is spoiled and you know it, say it. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but we all want the equipment to work, keyboard to work, electric drum. So if the electric drum, there's a problem with the pedal. You are expected to say it. It doesn't make you a bad person. It actually makes you a good person. That's what we teach in church. If one of the ACs is not working, say it. Before it completely breaks out, that's what she's known for years. So she went to work in the bank. The call center. And at a point, three of the phone lines were down. Nobody is saying it from the boss of the department to everyone's like, if we say it, we are reporting the boss something. So she said one day she was there when the CEO called. And this random, I think the bank and those people, they called to just talk to staff. I don't know. So she said when the boss called, the boss said, oh, so hi, is everything fine? So what are the problems in your department? So everything is fine, but three, but three of the phone lines are not working. She didn't think she was saying something bad or reporting her boss or showing that her boss is not efficient or something like if three of the phone lines are not working, is my saying it for to make them not work? They are not working. And if they work, it will help the bank because more customers can call through. So she just said it with no malice. Like, this is what we do in church. So when she said it, apparently the boss took note. Hey! So the boss called her immediate boss and said, about three of the phone lines are not working. Why has it not been said? So the boss came to that, you! They're reporting that this other, but the boss took note she was promoted to head of communications of the bank. Yes, it's true. You see, so you so you may think that you are doing things for God or learning things in church, something they say we should do in church. But if you can imbibe it as a personal trait, it will help you greatly. And dying is like that. Hey, dear sister, Chale, if you are very alive, don't marry you. Those creatures called husband, they are very a type of creature. <laughs> Husbands, God created them differently from all other creatures. Husbands are not like trees, husbands are not like dogs, they are different. The most stubborn creatures, husband. They don't understand anything. Husband, those are people. If you are very alive. One wife said, 
she and her husband, they went to work, they went to church. They got home at 1 a.m. Ah, 1 a.m., what do you do? See, don't sleep. When they got home, husband said, I want to eat banku and okru stew. 1 a.m. Banku and okru. Why are you saying ah? You see, two alive, oh, two alive, two alive. You are the people who give your husband Cyrillac. Two alive. <laughs> what then? The husband said, Banku and Okro stew. Not, not that there's Okro stew in their fridge. Not that Banku has. You see, you see them. Brothers, watch those say ah. And please write down on your to do list or the to not do list. Watch them carefully. Write notes. Write notes. I had to write the days of talkatives in class. Write notes. <laughs> Two alive. So I asked the wife, so what did you do? She said, oh, I made it for him. And as she was making it for him, I was watching TV. Husband, man. Sing, single brothers. I said, be writing the days of talkatives. <laughs> yes. But that's why she had a very happy marriage. Hmm? Yeah. Two alive. Die. Look, if you can die, you will be the happiest person. Look at what Christ said. Whoever will start on the left, turn the right. If you're not dead, Will you turn the right? Jesus is encouraging us to die. He's not saying turn the right. He's saying die to yourself, to your desires. Look at the world. Those who are not dead to their desires are actually dying quickly, physically. I want my meat. I want my alcohol. I want my weed. I want my girls and I will have them. I want my cigarette, I will smoke it. I want my this, I want to speed fast, I will drive fast. The speed that trails is the speed that kills. Look in life. All the nice things in life kill you. All the, the nicest foods to eat, they lead to death. All of them. Trophy. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? (laughs) Trophy. Pizza. (laughs) Meat. Beef. I hear goat meat is the worst meat to eat. I didn't know. I hear goat meat is the worst of them all. But it's the nice, even the smell. If you cannot die to yourself, you die quickly. Coca-Cola, when you drink it, there's a certain... (laughs) You can't compare. But should I tell you something? Do you know that Ceres, those box drinks, they are worse than Coke? Oh, yeah, yeah. They have more sugar than Coke. Don't try it. But can't you say when you put ice cubes in it? Against tropical oh you, I mean you feel like th- this must be what God also drinks <laughs> yes if, look see 
cannot learn in church to deny yourself and then it becomes like a practice you die that death you are trying to avoid it will come quicker than you planned yes so coming to Christ that's why he said I have come if you follow me if you follow me you will have life more abundantly you will enjoy life better by dying oh yes Christian look I've been an unbeliever I've been a Christian I know unbelievers I know Christian I can assure you that Christians have a better life than unbelievers I do marriage counseling for both Christians and unbelievers I can assure you that Christians have happier marriage like whatever fantasy you have of marriage you will have it as a Christian not as an unbeliever I promise you I promise you I've seen both I counsel both that you can't even counsel them don't be deceived by the outward appearance there's nothing it's like an egg that the yolk is black you can't eat it Christians have a fuller more enjoyable life I am telling you I'm telling you Christians are happier than unbelievers I'm telling you unbelievers are more tense than Christians Reader Digest an unbeliever magazine they did a study in 1998 the title of their whatever was that's prayer work and they did a study and, and they saw that Christians live longer than unbelievers <laughs> they did a study and, and, and they saw that the more religious a person is the longer the person lives then they saw that the more a person prays the longer he lives <laughs> yeah 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 unbelievers trying to say prayer doesn't work oh. But scientifically, they proved that prayer works against their own will. They put two bacteria in a dish. They got Christians to pray against one of the dishes. The bacteria in that dish died. The dish that was not prayed for, the bacteria left. Oh yes, scientifically, they grouped two sets of parents uh, of um, patients in the University of California, Los Angeles Medical School. One group, like they, they were all in the world, but they divided them according to names. One of the list of names, they gave them to pastors to pray for them. Those ones recovered more. Their uh, complications from their disease were less, less complicated, less medication. The, the ones who were, not pray, who were not prayed for, they died faster, days, that, 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 so many things. Yes. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he said, the way is to die. <laughs> I'll share with you about dying a bit and then we'll close. To die means to cease to exist or to function. So, since we exist in this world, like when they release a new uh, song, you have to learn the words. Last year I was there, then I went somewhere and said, There's some new song. Abdullah Bapopo, Abdullah Bapuba. Canada. Poto, putu, I don't know the song. How is it? Abdulaba. It is like tongue speaking in a way. Like Abdulaba Poto, What is this you are doing? But you see Christians know the words or something that the person who did the song like that doesn't even know the words he has sang. Because how can you do the word? Like, hey, 
alive. Two alive. Two alive. You know the name of all Shatawadi's girlfriends. How is that going to help you? How does that help you? Me, my policy is does he know the name of my wife? If it's no, then I also don't need to know the name of his wife. You know how much Cristiano Ronaldo was paid seven years ago when he was playing for PSG. Then, when they moved him, you know his new salary. And even where his house is. I mean, sometimes when I listen to the sports guys on radio, you think baby they and Messi are brothers. Yeah, so when they moved him from PSG, his mind was that what about with you? Hey, but where do you know him from? And does he know you? If he doesn't know me, I don't need to know him too. That's all. To alive. Cease to exist. But if we ask you, what is John chapter 3, verse 17? Is it Pastor, Pastor? When I come next week, when I come next week. <laughs> to alive to the world and dead to Christ. Instead of being dead to the world and alive in Christ. That's why you have all the problems you have. That you are alive in this world. And the Bible says that even though we are in this world, we are not of this world. God doesn't expect us to behave like people who are in this world. We should live in this world because we are in the world. But our true life is in Christ. It's in heaven. The Bible says that if you are risen with Christ, if you are risen with Christ, set your affections on things above. Your, look, look, your heart should be firmly fixed with God. Firmly fixed with God. You see, if you did there, you wouldn't be buying all the clothes you buy. Because you know that what you have are enough to wear till you die, like death. The ones you have 15 years ago, don't you still wear them? Can't you still wear them? So why are you buying more? Too alive. Because some new cloth has come. Too alive. Some new type of shoes have come. Too alive. Some new type of hair has come. You are more alive to the world than alive to Christ. It is not helping you. That's why you can't serve God well. That's why your money is never enough. Because of all the clothes you are buying and the shoes you are buying and the hair you are doing and the jewelry. I hear there's a new hair called human bone. It's long. It's like, it's like you can even write on the hair. What? Uh, bone straight. I bet you I don't know if you look at my hair, you can see I don't wear some of those things. <laughs> and I guess expensive. Then I can do what? A kidney. <laughs> Number two. To die means to lose strength or to lose force. You must lose your strength for the things of the world. You see, the Bible doesn't say try to change. It says just be a new creature. When a dog becomes a cow, it doesn't have to try to be a cow. It says just behave the way cows behave. That's why God never says try to do anything. He says be something. Number three, to die means to pass gradually or to fade away gradually. Like they say, the car battery is dying. It doesn't mean it is dead. Like yesterday, I came to church when I was trying to go home. I sparked like I wasn't sparking. 
the battery was dead. But as I was driving here, it drove perfectly. But it means that as I was driving here, the battery was dead already. But it was dying gradually. You need to die also to the world gradually. Your problem is your unbeliever friend's phone numbers on your phone. And your feeling that you need to contact them. Hey, when I got born again, eh, I some girl be. Have you seen those girls who not only do they love with their younger sister, even likes you like you're a nice person. Now, how to eh, eh, all things are passed away, that girl. <laughs> so one day I saw that in this girl, the only thing that can work is to delete her number from my phone. Once I delete it, I can't get it back again, and that's the end. I can't find her, she can't find me. So one day, I took my phone. I know that as soon as I press delete, it will ask you, delete this number, or are you sure? It's that like you are at the door of no return. Then I looked at Christ. I looked at her. Said, delete. From that day, somewhere November 1997, I haven't seen her again. One day I was somewhere and I mentioned her name. So that ah, I know her. I didn't talk to even that person again. <laughs> yeah, even that person, I didn't talk to that person again. <laughs> yes. You should know where your strength ends and where it begins. It's true. But some of you, you take risks. That's why you always fall. But delete. He has some friends at Bema Camp. Bema Camp boys, they are the worst people that God created. Bema Camp. They, they rank next to Tema and Takradi boys. Close. For when I got born again, never contacted them again after today. You have to gradually die. Look, it is, listen, God is not forcing anyone to follow him more. Don't look at me as, hey, this guy is extreme. Oh, he's judgmental. I'm not judgmental. I'm telling you how it works. You, you don't have to follow God. Oh. Only that you go to hell. That's all. You don't have to follow him. Jesus never told anybody to force anybody to follow him. Oh. It's when Christians were trying to drive people like an abortion festival we are doing. Jesus never did that. He said, if you follow me, come. If you do, they do. If you obey me. You don't have to obey God. He said there are a lot of people who are not obeying him. He never forced anyone to do anything. Only that you go to hell. That's all. At the end. <laughs> it's true. I had to change my friends. Gradually died. And recently they put me on a school WhatsApp group. Boarding house. Hey! I thought by now we have all grown up and matured. Married with children. So at least we are no more in secondary school. Today, this, tomorrow, that. Today, this, tomorrow, that. Today, this, that. Then I remember someone. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but he delighteth in the law of the Lord, and his law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree. The one who has shunned all the he shall be like a tree planted in the rivers of water. Who lives that stone with that? Whatsoever, that one, not everyone, that one that he shall put up. But the wicked are not so. Who are blown away like the chaff of the wind and disappeared. I said, no, this thing won't work. One of them said, 
One day he was lying in bed with his sons. And his sons said they wanted to play a game on his phone. So he was about to give the phone to his sons when a notification came. When he opened the notification, so he said he opened the notification, just check what message there, he'll give the phone to his sons to play games. When he checked the notification, it was from this group. Somebody had put a certain kind of picture on it. He said, hey. he, he became afraid and put it on the group that, look, you guys here, who don't know this an unbeliever now rebuking other fellow unbelievers. So that day I took my decision. I said, I'll wait. Look, I'll show you how to exit a group. 3 a.m. Everybody will be asleep by that time. By the morning, they'll start putting scriptures, newspaper. They won't see that so so and so left the group. <laughs> they won't know that you've even left. By the time they see you've gone, so I waited. 3 a.m. But my but the mistake I did was I didn't live quietly. <laughs> I was through alive. I put on the group. Anybody who wants to serve God, continue to serve God. Anybody who wants to serve Allah, continue to serve Allah. Anybody who wants to serve Buddha, continue to serve Buddha. Anybody who doesn't want to serve anything, continue to serve nothing. As for me, I'll serve what then I exited the group. right but the execution was wrong and finally to die means to cease to exist and to stop permanently you know I remember when I got born again the day I got born again I was in church and when the pastor did the altar call I didn't want to give my life to Christ then I heard a voice the nonsense must stop then I lifted up my hand <laughs> from that day, the nonsense talk. Me, this is what do you come to Christ, you backslide small, then you come, then you backslide a bit for six months, then you go for them. Like you are glad I didn't do any of those things. When I came, I came. When I came, I came. And I haven't looked back, and I don't regret looking back. Yeah. Hmm. How to suffer loss for Christ? I'll give you a list of things. That Jesus says you have to lose. They will close. Number one, your money. Jesus said, you cannot save God and money. And I've seen that to be true. When I was in my first year university, I went to do business to get money. Hey! I did the business, and I said, look, to be a good businessman, eh? successful, it goes with lies. It goes with lies. The very nature of business goes with lies. You cannot reveal the real cost of your products. And your clients will ask you. <laughs> but if you say the truth, is that you are telling them how much profit you are making from them. It's true. The very nature of business is against God. You see, I'll just say that. See, that's why even now there's there's something called Islamic banking, which is growing faster than even normal banking because they do that Islamic banking according to almost like what the Bible says. They don't charge profits on loans, they give you the money. Like Jesus said, do you know that Jesus said don't charge interest on do you? 
Oh, that one there, you haven't read it in your Bible. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> I asked another, do you he said also said that when you give somebody money, you don't go and collect it again. Or those parts of the Bible there, we don't read it. Paul, Paul didn't say those things, so we prefer Paul. Jesus said, anybody who borrow money from you, don't ask him again. That in Islamic banking, they, they don't ask again. But they just tell you that when you finish your business, bring a donation back to the bank if you want. And you realize that people bring a bigger donation than even if you are charged them for it. It's true. That, that's why every big bank now have an Islamic banking department. It's more profitable than the normal one. As they are obeying what Jesus said. And those who say they are Christians are not obeying what Jesus said. Yes. You look at the religions. Is it not Christians who give the least to the God they serve? The Jews give far more to Yahweh than Christians. The Hindus give far more to Krishna. I have lived their world in India. They don't even think about it. They build temples in their houses. Every house go there is a temple to their God. But Christian, the best we manage is a cross that hangs deep between our cleavage. That's the best we can do for God. <laughs> to squeeze Jesus, he can't even breathe again. That's why Christianity is, is not working. We are suffocating Christ. That's the best we can do for Jesus. We never give the money we can give. We are more consumed about what we can use our money for for ourselves. We have dresses we want more. The ones we even bought, we have not worn them yet, yet we buy more. I don't have, we are more consumed about the things we have that we don't have than the things that we have. That, I mean, like as soon as we get something or if we forget about it and then the next new project comes up that we don't need because we buy phones we don't need the, the phone you are using is not well though but what the latest galaxy z for try iphone 13 that's why we cannot give anything to god because there's nothing left over after we consumed it upon our last but jesus said you cannot serve god and money but can't you see that christians are becoming poorer and poorer as they don't give and jews are becoming richer and richer muslims are becoming richer everybody is becoming richer apart from christians still struggling you see us we have a house we have another house we have another yet we will not build a house for god we want four houses, five houses. We will not build a house for God. We can, but we don't. It costs $10,000 to build a house for God. Now, maybe you yeah, can build it for but you was like, no, no, I need another house and another house. See, I need to be secure. After I'm secure, then I'll build a house for God. At, the, at what point will you be secure enough that the Bible not say that having food and rain may be there with content? A hundred cities is nothing when we go to the mall, but it's so much when we come to church. The same money. You cannot even buy a good pair of shoes with it. But I thought you can't do me. The pastor is asking, hey, hey, hundred hey. I walk out to the church again. They say hundred hey, hey, hey. Hey, when the pastor was taking the offering, he started from hundred cities, three hundred, three hundred. 
same money. When you have to use it on yourself, it's nothing. You cannot be a good servant of God if you don't lose money. We use money to serve God. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17. Look at what the Bible says. Spare not. Cry aloud. Cry. Say it loudly with shouting. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. This is what God is saying. Don't hold back. He said, yet through prosperity shall my kingdoms be spread abroad. There's no other way. It's, it's, it's not through prayer. Otherwise, hell. It's through prosperity. The other religions, they use prosperity to spread their religion. You go on a pilgrimage, you set you up in business. That's why you see somebody called in the past, it never used to be so. You see, Alaji Dodo. Dodo is a guy name. Guy is Presbyterian. Alaji Dodo. Not D-O-U-D-O-D-O-O. Gandodu. Alaji Sam Okan. How can Sam Okan be an Alaji? Alaji Jeffrey Asari. Ah! How? Yet through prosperity shall my kingdom be spread abroad. But the Christians will all on tight to our money. Tightly hidden in our socks. You can't see it except by discernment. <laughs> That's what the kingdoms of God are not spreading. Yes. When Jesus came, the Bible said, look, the only position he established was treasurer to take care of his money because the Bible said that money answers all things. We need your money. Look, what you don't know, as, as, as we are here, we are building a, a cathedral in Senegal from this church. Oh, yes, you should see the picture. You can't look. You know, I started our church there and when I saw the building coming up here, I told Bishop that, you know, we are building there is good, is great, but unless you have lived there, you don't understand the miracle of building a cathedral in Dakar. Even that is possible, it's a miracle. Building a cathedral in Takwa, <laughs> a cathedral in Dixkov, Kuni Valley, villages in Ghana, Building church building all over the world. We just sent a missionary to Turkey. We are paying to register the church, sending missionaries in the only Islamic country in Europe, which was the capital of Paul's ministry. Turkey, some fully Islamic. Last year, they bombed the biggest cathedral there, live on national TV. It was like a great event. They bombed it to build a mosque there. Dynamited the whole thing. From here, we are sending missionaries. Do you think they will run to Turkey and then when they get to the um, ocean, like how Christ walked on water, they'll just walk on the water and then they'll get there? No. Turkish airline doesn't operate by faith. Oh. You buy the ticket with money. <laughs> I don't know why you are laughing. Yeah. And yesterday, I got a missionary to go to Turkey 
They have to fly him, pay for accommodation, get him away to uh, stay there. He's not like an uneducated person. University graduate has gone to the Bible, everything, ready to give up his life in Ghana and go to go and stay. And more people, I made a pledge to God that I will fill Turkey with churches. Me, yes. From here, this this is a room. Yeah, I fill Turkey with churches. You think if I go to the Turkish government and say we want to register a church? No, really? Hey, come, we'll do it for you free. No, there's something like that. Thousands of dollars to register the church. I say, I'll do it. Nothing will stop me by God's grace. It's true. But it takes money. We'll do it from this room. Yes. And Jesus Christ said, you know, Paul told the people, remember the words of our Lord Jesus. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus. When he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Yes. When you give, you, you become a blessed person because you give. And I'll share with you a, a secret God showed me. He said, you know, the reason why those who give are more blessed is because the Bible says God established that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Therefore, every time you give to God, you make yourself more blessed than him. Because you are giving to him. So now God has to reverse that order by giving you more to establish that he's above you. Yeah. That's why those who give become blessed. It's true. You lose money. Second thing you lose is your comfort and well-being. Hey! If you like comfort, Ahuto, you can never serve God. Go and serve uh, that guy who rides the white horse. What's his name? It's only God you are serving. You know, I remember when we started a mission in Bangladesh. I slept on the floor throughout. They, they were sleeping on bed. <laughs> they were sleeping on bed. I was sleeping on the floor. When I went to Bangalore in India, hey, a mystery there said, you can never sleep on the floor. He said, I'll give you my bed. I told him that if you don't get your bed out of here, <laughs> I'll transfer both you and the bed out of here. <laughs> yeah. Both you and the bed. Then I bought a small mattress. Student's mattress. Then I put you on the floor. Slept on the floor throughout. One day I had to host some visitors. I didn't have chairs. CJ, remember I called you? That can you send me some money to buy chairs? And she sent me money. And I bought some chairs for my sitting room. Nothing else. No television, no nothing. The only thing they have was my phone to listen to messages and then chairs in the kitchen and curtains. Uh -huh. She sends me money to buy curtains as well. Nothing else. You see, you cannot serve God because you need a lot of things. You need too many things that God cannot provide. He's not interested in it. When Jesus came, what did he have? They asked him, let us go and see your house. He said, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have dead. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. But you see pastors of today boasting about the number of houses they have. What they are doing today is not Christianity. It is something. When 
Jesus was boasting that I have no house. Pastors of today are boasting about the number of houses they have. The thing has changed. <laughs> Jesus didn't have a donkey. Where he really needed a donkey to fulfill the poverty of Isaiah. That behold the Lord came riding meekly upon an ass. He didn't have some. So he sent Peter. Go into the that Jesus had to now operate by word of knowledge. That's why the gifts of the spirit are missing in the church today. We have substituted the gift of, of the spirit by providing for ourselves. Jesus told him, go, go into the city. When you enter now, you see a donkey. Start untying it. The owner will come. When the owner comes, tell the owner that the Lord said I should tell you that he has need of your donkey. He will allow you to bring it. But now these days, we we'll go and buy our own donkey. So there's even no need for the Holy Spirit again in the church. And that's why he has led. But everybody, you go away from where, from where you are not needed or wanted. Yes. It's true. That's why the whole thing has changed. We love comfort and well-being. Only sporting in the church. In fact, it's so sad. I did a study um, course in church history. Do you know what uh, the characteristics of a charismatic church? One of the main characteristics, miniskirts. I learned it in school, in the seminary. That the girls dress fashionably is one of the characteristics of a charismatic church. That they dress fashionably in tight clothing and whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, I learned it in school. Charismatic church, like God's church of the modern day, latter day saints of today. So sad. Our comfort and well being. So, when you even send somebody somewhere, they can't go. You know, remember the uh, Friday we went for visitation after church, and I sat Judia and Elizabeth to go home. Hey, we went for visitation. They have something like mango spaghetti. You haven't seen some before. And where was the railway line? Like how Catamanto is. The, the, the house flies there, they don't fly or they crawl. <laughs> the house flies there are like little rats. Big, they can't fly, they crawl. So we were at this railway line where we went to visit the people. They said, Oh, we have visitors, we have come. So they brought, they got a woman passing by with mango spaghetti. The mango, they have cut it to so, 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 so small like spaghetti. In a big tray, and then they'll just use their hand. Eh? <laughs> they'll just use their hand to take it for you. So, as they brought that thing in a big tray, flies moving around it all. So, they called the woman and then they bought some for us. I did out and did that, so they gave it to me first. <laughs> there are people we are going to visit. I even she has a heart attack now. She took some with her hand. Near Catamanto Railway Line. You, you, do you imagine Catamanto Railway? It's the best sound ever. She took some and gave it to me. Then I ate it. Enoch was next. He was my assistant. <laughs> they gave some to him. He too, he ate it. What will you do? That is what they eat. That is what they eat. You cannot come with a high minded and above this. All the men ate. Then they gave it to <laughs> Lady Fata Yudia. She said, I'm okay. Hey! Two alive, two alive, two alive. 
then they gave it to Pastor Enoch's wife next. I think she had seen a bad example. So she too, she said, she won't eat. They give them a sign. Then they turn their eye like they have not seen me giving them a sign. So I didn't say anything. Then I looked at her. She did like she hasn't seen me. I didn't say anything. So we did our visitation. When we finished and we left our ship, I called them for a meeting. I said, what do you mean? I said, go home now. Now, live here now. You cannot come with the mission food that you are higher than the people. Leave, 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 leave. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did Jesus not say if you drink any poison, it will harm you? This look, is on the mission field that you lift out the Bible. Yes. That's why staying at home Christianity is a boring religion. Read your Bible. Nobody ever said God in his father's house. Read your Bible from Abraham to everybody. The first thing he told Abraham, leave your father's house to a land, I'll show you. This comforts well-being Christianity. That is what is making Christianity die. When I was in Senegal, one day I went for evangelism. The guy, after I preached, he looked at my faith. Do you know what he told me? Then, this your faith is not a Christian faith. It's, it is a Muslim faith. Like the way I'm doing and talking and believing, Christians don't behave like this. He told me, Christians don't behave like this. Don't talk like this. The way you are doing your faith, it is how we, the Muslims, this is how we do our faith. One day the Taliban people told her, an American soldier, the difference between you and I is that you want to live, I want to die. That's why they have chased them out. Too alive, you will lose at the end. <laughs> Too alive, you will lose at the end. Too alive, you won't last long. <laughs> your willingness to die will extend your life. Number three. Hey, 11 o'clock. Should we close? Mm. You people, you'll be saying no, then in your heart you are saying yes. I've been doing this work for a long time. Okay, okay, let's just give you the point, then we close. Next, your family. Your family. You cannot. Jesus Christ said him. You cannot come after me except you hate your mother, father, brother, sister, wife. Yeah! Even yourself too. If you are hating yourself, what hope does your wife have? You are hating yourself like they've told you to hate yourself. Then your mother, dear, what will happen to her? One day a man came to Christ. He said, oh, I'll follow you, but let me go and bury my father first. Jesus said, you are mad. Yeah, I'm going to bury your father. He's dead already. Can he do that? You came to bury him. Come and follow me and let's go where we are going. You cannot. Some people are too family, family. I love my mother, I love my mother, I love my mother. One day they came to tell Jesus that your mother and your brothers are looking for you. I said, Mother, brother, I said, Who is my mother? You see, when you read the Bible, they're always, when Jesus is speaking, hear his voice like a gun man speaking. Who is my mother? Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Then Jesus said, Those who do the will of my father, they are my mother, my father, my brothers. Not those that biological connection. After all, how do I do 
the same things our siblings do. When they come to Christianity, don't want to do all the same, all the same, all the same. You are lying. That's why your Christianity is not working. When it comes here, it's selective obedience. When it comes here, no, hey, I obey God. When it comes here, no, hey, no, my mother, my father, my mother, my mother. Me and my mother, they should give up on me many years ago. When my mother calls me on Sunday, the first thing she does is to apologize for calling me on a Sunday. She knows that as for Sunday, is out. Totally out. Family. You see, you hear people speaking when I went to India. I forgot. Look, you know, never think I don't love my children. That's why I travel. Like, oh, as for you, maybe your children, they don't like you. They nah, they are too black. So you nah, you don't even like them. That's why it's easy not to like them. I love them properly. But I see that if I follow that love, I won't, I won't serve God. So now when I even travel, I don't call them. If I call them, I'll miss them. And I don't want to miss them. So I never talk to them until I come back. Because God even watches your emotions as you obey him. Oh, yes. I'll show you. When he killed that man's wife, he told him that, I'll kill you. No, sorry. I'll kill your wife today, this evening. Don't cry. Don't mourn. Don't wear sackcloth. Don't cover yourself in ashes. I want to teach Israel a lesson about something. That's when I saw that. Even when you are obeying God, he's watching your emotions. He's watching your feelings, your heart, your gambling. How do you feel about how he's using you? He's even watching that one too. Those of you who obey outwardly and you gamble in your heart, the Bible says that and the people of Israel murmured in their heart in their house about the condition that the Egyptians had put them under and the Lord heard it. He didn't deliver Israel because they prayed. He delivered Israel when he saw their men like how they were agitated. That's what made them be, de- be delivered. They didn't pray. Read your Bible. When God saw their hearts, how they were feeling, he said, no. Let me deliver my people. You too. As you come to church and it's like the church is a border, it's a burden, they're not so happy. Like God can see you. God is not a man who only sees the outward. He forgets about the outward and looks at their hearts. Yeah. So be careful. God is not a girl you can deceive. Yeah. Maybe all your life you've been successfully deceiving girls, but not God. All your life you've successfully deceived boys. You'll be able to get boys like you even see men and laugh at them. That men, but they are like children, no. You don't want to know those to follow you. like 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 one girl said, Me, my speciality is that when I meet a rich man, my aim is that I will make him poor. Mm. You go around laughing every, every girl you see. Say, me, when I meet a rich man, my aim is that by the time I'm finished with him, you'll be poor. Yeah, but it's not every rich man you meet that that aim needs to work. Some of them, by that you see, you are born again in church, you are holding the basket, taking off, off it. Let's stand to our feet. <laughs> yeah. Pray for yourself that you'll be somebody who is prepared to lose your money. Look, can God not give you exceeding abundantly above? I remember when we went to Bangladesh, when I went first. I said, this is the poorest country I've ever been to. And in the world rank, in the world ranking, is the fourth poorest country in the world. 
And when I went there, I went to fall in the hands of a poor man. Hey, what he did to me, eh? eh? My first day, he put me in the taxi with that doesn't have seats. We were sitting on the metal in the taxi at, at 1.30 in the morning. Then he took me to a place like Okaishi at 1.30 in the morning. The hotel he put me in, a, when I lay on the bed, I began to pray that I'll levitate so that my body wouldn't touch the mattress. I couldn't sleep. I sat down the whole night. In the morning, I was hungry. When they gave me their breakfast, I converted it to, fa- to fasting. I said, oh, this is the but I said no there was something in my heart I said no this is a good place this is a good place we'll be blessed here I kept on telling the people I brought God will prosper us here you know some months later whose birthday was it that we went to that hotel one birthday I took all the missionaries said we are going for breakfast we went to some hotel with a garden on the top floor then one of them reminded me that do you he said that we shouldn't worry you see when I also sent them I told them go and get a good place to stay then they went to get a bad place to stay and they knew I'll be unhappy with them so I told them send me pictures of where you've got oh they sent me pictures of a roof <laughs> I remember the pictures like corner of a roof then you see a door eh most of the picture is showing outside, not the room. When I saw the picture, then I called someone and said, you see, see in the picture they have sent me. They've gone to get a bad place and they don't want me to know. When we went there, and you know, they, and, and they were right. Before I arrived, I got gotten a new place that when I come, and I say, no, we are not staying here, then we'll go there. You see, your preparedness to suffer, you'll be shocked will lead you to a place of prosperity rather you even not understand it they prospered so much by going to a place where they gave up comfort gave up family gave up money they are university graduates gave up wife gave up children God will give you good measure presence. Look, as I have given up my family, look at him speaking. They are more like him. Oh. Ah, you thought you were not like me. There are plenty more like me. Oh. All over the world, you may not know. Plenty, as I gave up my sons, God has given me many sons around the world. Oh, yes. <laughs> Telling you. Give it up. Give it up. Money your money. How much is it? How long will you live for? You see people there, their walls are full of money. They never enjoyed it themselves. Never gave to anyone. Look, one of the most beautiful things in the world is to be a giver. God created us to be givers, not takers. The nature of God is to give. Lose it. He, God lost one son God lost one son. All of us. He only didn't get sons, but he even now got got daughters back. Yes. By giving up his only begotten son, one. He got billions of sons and daughters back. But before Jesus came, when you die, you go to hell. There was no salvation. But by giving up one, God billions. You too. Give up. You'll be shocked that I will come back to you. You feel more fulfilled as a Christian. 
Pray for yourself as we close. Ask God to strengthen you in your spirit. To be willingly sacrificial. Happily sacrificial. Happily. Nobody forcing you. Every breath that I take Every moment I'm away Pray for yourself as we close Lord have your way Sing it as a prayer Lord I give you my heart I gave you my soul Surrender your life to him unto ourselves might live unto him who has saved us and called us when you go to your office tomorrow let it be that you are working so that you can be paid so that you can live for him but not that you are working so that you earn money for yourself the bible says that we no longer living unto ourselves might live unto him offer your lives as living sacrifices that today your life is offered to him tomorrow your life will be offered to him next week your life is also offered to him a sacrifice that is alive every breath that I take every moment I'm away
This is the air I breathe. You know, like his holy presence. You see, it's all about church. It's certainly not about church. It is about being in the presence of God. You can be in the presence of God in a taxi. You can be in the presence of God in your car. You can be in the presence of God in your office. Maybe you even share an office with someone. You can be in the presence of God behind your desk. You can be in a church hall. There are people to your left, people to your right, but you are in the presence of God. Yes. This is the end. It's because of your environment. with God. Solomon prayed and said if you will keep me and if you will do this and if you did and when they finished then God replied if you will obey my word 
And if you will follow my statutes, if you will keep my commandments, then I'll be. It depends on you. I'm lost without you. It depends on you. Hundred percent. Oh, I'm destined for you. Commit your life to God as we end the service. Dedicate your life to God. You must lose something this morning. As we close, I want all of us, everybody, think about your life. What is it? The Holy Spirit is here ministering. He said, it is the Spirit that convicts of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. Not me, the Holy Spirit. What is it in your life that you must give up to have God? More of God. Because there are yet deeper levels. What is the price that the Holy Spirit is asking you to pay? What is it that you must lose? I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to everybody here. I know. He's speaking to everybody here about something you must lose. That's why he said, before you can cleave to your wife, you must leave your husband. Your father, sorry. You must leave before you can cleave. What is it that you must leave this morning? That you might cleave to God. The Holy Spirit is talking to you about it. Now I want you to pray for help, for grace, for strength, to give it up. To give it up. Give it up. It could be anything. But whatever the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about, that is it for you. Ask God for help. The prayer for grace, he never denies that prayer. Ask him for grace in that area of your life. He, the Bible says he's full of mercy and of compassion. Not willing that any should perish. He will answer that prayer. Things in the past Things yet unseen Patients and dreams That are yet to come true
lives to God this morning and ask God to use us again just rededicate your life to God just talk to God between you and God Ask God to use you. Ask God to use you. Surrender your life to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to possess you. Use you for His glory. And with every head bowed and with every eye closed, maybe somebody invited you to church this morning. But what's your pastor? I want to give my life to Jesus. Pray with me. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. I see your hand, my brother at the back. I see your hand, my brother at the back. This is between you and God. Pray with me, pastor. I want my name to be written in the book of life. If I were to die today, I know myself. Heaven or hell, I'm not sure where I'll go. Pray with me. Lift up your hand. I'll, I'll pray with you and then we'll close. We all need Jesus. <laughs> really? If you've lifted up your hand, I want you to do one more thing. Please come to me in front and we'll pray together and then we'll close. Lord, I offer you my life. Lord, I thirst for you. And I long to be in your prayer. Let's sing together. My soul will for you. You can join us in front. Come to the front in front to dedicate your life to personal prayer also you also pray it from your heart imagine God standing in front of you as you talk to him say Lord Jesus this morning I come to you just as I am please forgive me forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness this morning I surrender my life to Jesus and I receive Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior say Holy Spirit please come and live in me and help me strengthen me give me the grace to live as a born again Christian all the days of my life say Heavenly Father write my name in your book of life 
so that when I die I will come to be with you in the mighty name of Jesus I pray with thanksgiving Amen God bless you put your hands together please go with our brother Pastor Samuel he talked to you for two minutes and then you join us again clap for Jesus clap for Jesus clap for Jesus clap for Jesus as you take this There's nothing like the presence of God. There's nothing like the presence of God. There's nothing like the presence of God. But just as the tabernacle signified, the more you leave the world, then the more you enter into his presence. The more you sacrifice, the deeper into his presence you go. May you be blessed because you came to check this morning. The Bible says that those who come to Mount Zion, where the presence of the Lord is, they go from strength to strength. You know, before we close, there's something God asked me to do. If you are not well in any part of your body, please put your hands. I want to pray for your healing. There's somebody here, you are not well. God wants to heal you this morning. Put your hand there. Whatever it is you are feeling is probably more serious than you think it is. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that healing is the provision for your children. Healing is what you bought on the cross on your, on your body that we might be healed. The leper came to you and said, Lord, if you will, thou can make me clean. And once and for all time, you answered and, you answered and said, I will be thou clean so this morning I thank you that because you are the same yesterday today and forever it is your will that everyone here be healed so as we put our hands where the sickness is I thank you that healing is ministered instantly to everyone now I thank you for testimonies of healing because you are God your mercies and your loving kindness abide forever i thank you for healing us in jesus name amen god bless you 